and you be punctual upon it yourself. And together with this Allah Ta'ala says, La Nasrullah Rizqa. We don't ask you for sustenance, we provide it. And these two things being mentioned side by side is the lesson, and this is explained in many ahadis of Rasulullah that constancy on salah, punctual performance and constancy on salah, not four times a day, five times a day, properly with this etiquette, adab. This is a means of a person's risk becoming easy. People unfortunately discard their salah because they're chasing after this risk. The person is too busy to perform his salah because he's trying to make money. And then he on top of that also asks to go off burger. But where the burger lies, where the ease of risk is, that is in the constant performance of salah. In discarding that job, that occupation, that business, and whatever else comes in the way for that period of time, and attending and coming into the house of Allah wa ta'ala and performing the salah, this is the means of the risk. So the means of risk is salah. Likewise, barakat in this risk we want. Then in the hadith, the Nisthasun says, Man ahabba ayyub sata lahu fi rizqi, wa yun sa'alahu fi athari, fal yasir rahimah. The person who loves to have barakat in his risk, and he loves to have barakat in his life, and what is the prescription, or what is the means that to bring it, then fal yasir rahimah. And let him join family ties, maintain kinship, be good to his relatives, do not cut family ties. Now Allah has made this the means. Now how does this become the means? Allah's Qudrat. We have been explained, like many chemicals, certain chemicals mix it creates a certain explosion. Some chemicals mix and create some other kind of effect. Now somebody wants to start questioning, but why does this chemical have this effect? At the end of the day, one will have to get simply answered because Allah Ta'ala has put it in there. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala has put the effect of barakat in life and wealth. Allah Ta'ala has put that effect in works in maintaining family ties. In any case, this is the one side of it. That to get these good things, a person will have to do these good amal. These good amal are the means to gain these good conditions. But then there's the other side of it. That negative amal, wrong actions, bring about negative consequences. Allah has made that means also, that link. In many hadiths, this is explained in detail. In one hadith, the Beast Awesome says that when people will cheat in weight and measure, now this will become the means. The means of what? That famine will come about. And there will be what we can term in our terminology rampant inflation. We will sit and analyze it and ask the economists for the whole analysis and review of it. We've already been given the review beforehand. The analysis has been given to us up front. And when people will cheat in weight and measure, then this will become the situation. And it will become the means to what? To oppression. And the people will withhold zakat, lam yum taru, then the rains will be held back. And the next class will say, walawna al-baha'in, had it not been for the sake of the animals and also the creatures of Allah Ta'ala. 
that not a single drop of rain would have come down. And when they would break the covenant of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu the agreement, the pact that we have made with Allah is only thousand of When you break this, then and an enemy from outside would become dominant over them. And they would root them. And then further the Mishnah says that when there would be all kinds of immorality and vice, that there would be such kind of diseases that would spread which their forefathers had never heard of. So all these things have been spread to us. It's not something that we have to go very far for the analysis, have to go very far for the kind of the reviews and the... It's all spread out for us. So sins bring about <coughs> bad conditions, bring about difficulties, hardships. In the Hadith, the Islam says that a person gets deprived of this the risk that was being descended for him with them be as a result of the sin that he has committed. That risk was coming and that sin he committed, that risk is taken away. But then there's something even worse than sin. Sins bring about very difficult conditions, very harsh conditions. But then there's something worse than sin. Something worse than sin, what can be worse than sin? Worse than sin is blatant sin, open sin. One is a father, he discovers that his son is up to something. I imagine his 10 year old son, 12 year old son is smoking. So the 12 year old son, he caught him out by chance that he's smoking. So he's very upset, obviously. But then if that 12 year old son comes and blatantly in front of the father lights up, is the both the same? One is he finds his son watching some film on the phone. He just by chance walking and he see this was going on. And the other thing is the son comes and he tells his father, let me show you something. Is both the same? He's looking at the same thing. Oh, he's not bothered, he's not showing his father that come and see him, but in front of him. He's opening up whatever side he wants and not concerned that you know, his father is here, his mother is here. So is the both the same? It's words of power. Any one of us can understand it, it's words of power. So likewise, sin is bad enough. But worse than sin is open sin. And in the hadith, Nabi Islam says that Kullu ummati mu'afan illa mujahideen. Everyone in my ummah will be pardoned. The other person will have to regret whatever will be pardoned. But the open sinners, those who are not concerned what they are doing, they are not concerned that they are openly defying Allah. What if a person is hiding and doing something that is bad enough? But that too shows some kind of consciousness. It shows some concern that I shouldn't be doing this. That's why I'm hiding. There is some realization that this is wrong. But if a person is doing it blatantly, openly, it is as if to say, who's going to stop me from doing it? It's my life. And why am I being told what to do? I will do what I want to do. So the Mishra also is saying that everyone is not going to be pardoned, except the blatant, the open sinners. 
Then the Vishwasu gives one example of this Mujahara, of this blatant and open sinning. This is one way of how this happens. It's one of the ways it happens. That a person sometimes covered something secretly. What he did was wrong and he did it secretly. But then the next morning he wakes up and then he says, Ya Fulan, Amilkul Bari Hatta Kaza Kaza. He starts talking about it. He starts discussing it with others. What I did last night, where I went, and I did this and I did that. وَقَدْ بَعْتَ يَسْكُرُهُ رَبَّهُ فَيُسْبِحُ يَكْشِفُ سِتْرَ اللَّهِ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah also concealed his fault in the night. Allah also gave him some spite that whatever he did, he will probably repent the next morning. Instead of repenting the next morning, he is now openly talking about it. This is at Mujahara. This is open defiance of Allah. That I did something but I will blatantly expose it also. Allah Ta'ala concealed it, he is tearing open this veil of Allah. This person has exposed himself to the wrath of Allah. This is one way this happens. One is to commit the sin, the other is to expose him oneself to the heart of Dhammi Ramun. To expose his sin is another sin. And this creates the environment of sin. It starts putting ideas in other people's minds. This person seems to have had a great time. Let me also try that. We become the means for other people's sin. The person has seen something and now he's invited others. He's becoming the agent of Shaitan. So that is one thing which is bad enough already. Then another way this happens is that a person can't be bothered who's watching what's going on. And among the ways that this has started becoming very rife is the social media. Person does anything, and the next day he's circulating that for everyone. Allah forbid even taking pictures of the haram that he has committed, and for the whole world to see what went on. This is boasting over sin. Sinning was bad enough. Boasting over sin, like a person, his child comes to him, and what is that he smashed the car. So now when he smashed the car, he came and he came very rich. Especially out of negligence, not deliberate, not accidentally. But then he still came and he started being very regretful, remorseful. But he smashes the car deliberately and then he comes and tells his father, What do you know about it? He goes and comes and tells his father, Yes, I smashed it. You know me, my name, so and so. Your son. Is that father going to tolerate this? Now, this is what he tender moms to. When a person is boasting over that son, and he said to Allah, what do you want to know about it? I did it. And I'll do it again. I'm not interested who's watching. While this may not be the words somebody may say, but this is what it almost tantamounts to. That a person commits the haram, and on top of that, he's now circulating into the whole world to see what's going on. So he's actually challenging Allah to Barak And this is a mujahara. The Vishwasam says such people won't be pardoned. A person via the social media does anything and everything and then circulates it for everybody to now see what they want and this invites the wrath of Allah. Then, among many other things, for example, dressing. What kind of dressing is being adopted? Especially by the woman. And we can't say that we want nothing to do with it. We're not wearing it. It's happening in our houses. 
that that kind of garments and clothing which we have discussed many times in the world that this is just a, a wildfire that is that if 50 years ago even a disbelieving woman also would have rather dropped dead than married. Nobody is batting an eye. What is happening? Is this not Buddha? Right? It's not open defiance of Allah. But the Western principle of dressing in this state and long before from now is that it must be maximum exposure. That is the principle by which Western dressing is. And have we not also fallen in the same trap? Maximum <laughs> exposure, whichever way. Either the clothing is so short that it's exposing almost everything, or it's so tight that it's still exposing everything. And this is openly just being done there. Nothing has happened. What's wrong with this? Who's going to say anything? I'll just as I want. And then another aspect, when this open sin takes place and then display all, is unfortunately what has become common practice in weddings. The kind of things that happen in weddings nowadays, <coughs> which is as if that we are trying to invite the wrath of Allah. In one hadith, the Hadith also says that Ida Zahar Zina or Riba Fiqariyatin Fakat Ahallu Bi Al Fusim Adab Allah. When Zina and interest, transacting an interest in whichever form, giving, taking, whatever, but this will become rife in a community that they have invited. But it will come. The word the Beast also says they've already invited the wrath of Allah. When it comes, Allah knows. Recently we had the xenophobic attacks and issues that came. This was a little wake up call for us. Small little wake up call. That how in one moment things can just turn around. In one moment everything can just go in some other direction. And in these weddings what goes on, there's music, there's intermingling, and then there's dancing Allah for it. And all these things carry on, and then on top of that, it will all be video for everybody to keep the evidence of it. And of course, the armor also the evidence will be there. As if the angels are not sufficient to keep the evidence. Now, is this not inviting the wrath of Allah? Many years back in 1961, Hazrat Muhammad Abdul Hassan Ali Nadwi, great scholar of our recent past, passed away about some 15 years ago. He was a person who was well acclaimed throughout the Indo-Pak subcontinent and throughout the Arab lands also. And received the King Faisal Award for service to Deen and Islam. Over a million riyals he received and he distributed every cent of it among the institutions of Deen in India. He keep one cent himself. That was the kind of the person. In any case, he visited Burma in 1961. And he was quite young at that time too. And he saw what was going on. And the complete wastage that was happening. And the lavish weddings and the kind of wastage. In our times, the wastage has taken a different form. In that time, it was a different form. Nowadays, while around us, there are people who don't have flour to make their bread. They don't even have flour. But in one more wedding, there are tens of thousands of rands being spent on flowers. Just to be then thrown away, dumped. And people don't have flour to have some bread. What answer would you turn up? There are tens of thousands of rands being spent on cards. There are people who are sleeping on cardboard. 
What answer will give Allah? This wealth is an amanat of Allah. A person will be questioned about the day of Qiyamah. In any case, he saw all this wastage taking place and whatever else was going on, and the indifference and the open manner in which this was happening. And then he gave a talk which is on record. The audio record of that is still on some websites, and the translation of that has been also published. And in that, it was as if that he was speaking without even knowing what he was saying, it was inspiration. In that sense, he was saying something that it was just spontaneous. And in that talk, what he said was that he very strongly advised the people that look, start becoming conscious of Deen, start doing the work of the of Deen, and invite people to Zalatabarakotana, invite people to righteousness, and stop all of these kind of issues that you are involved in. And then he said something, he expressed himself, I'm just giving a summary of it. And he said when a person sees the clouds, and then he says it's going to rain, and then the rain comes down, and nobody says this person made some miraculous prediction. Anybody, any child can see that it is cloudy, and he knows a little bit about what clouds are all about, he says rain. Then I also, I'm just seeing something, I'm seeing the clouds, and I'm, in the light of what I'm seeing, I'm telling you, please, as we say in our time, get back in order. Otherwise, and he said it in such a way, that there was no, uh, as we say, glimpsing of any words. He said, if you don't do this, then please mark my words. He said, mark my words. Neither your businesses will be spared, nor your homes will be spared, and you won't be left to live in this country. At the time that he said it, nobody could even imagine what he's talking about. And he mentioned, please, having your 10 years dedicate to bringing Dean alive. And he said, if it was in my capacity, I would have closed down all your businesses and shops for a good period of time and told you all, dedicate yourself to Dean, so that you can save everything. And there's still time to save it. But as it happened often, people come and say something, they say, I don't know what this old man was raving and writing about. And in any case, he came and he went, and life carried on. And many years later, the revolution took place. And people marked his words. And those who Allah will protect us and save us, Allah will protect each one's life, wealth, this is an honor. People left with the clothing on their bodies and it moved. People came in the morning to open their big, big businesses, they told me hand over the keys. There's no way else. So this is the lesson that he gave. This is not some kind of ill uh, thoughts about what should happen, Allah will protect us and save us. But these are lessons to take. That in these occasions, these are happy occasions, make Allah Ta'ala happy first. Allah Ta'ala must be pleased. When Allah Ta'ala is pleased, then those marriages will be filled with burgers. But we have unfortunately confined that being in one corner. That everything the intervening will take place, and whatever else will happen, Islam, the further section will be in the corner. Islam will stay in the corner. The further section will be once in, being Islam, the be Islam's way of life, you stay in the corner. Don't come and interfere with another gathering. You don't have But this doesn't end there. That when I can do this, I'm not responsible for it. To attend such a gathering also is not permissible. Attend such a gathering is not permissible when the commands of Allah Ta'ala are being blatantly and openly violated. In one hadith it is mentioned that Abdullah bin Masood was invited to a walima. And as he approached, he heard some music being played. 
took a new turn and moved away. Somebody asked him, he didn't come. He said that Nabi Sallallahu said, and I heard him say, Man the one who adds to the numbers of a people is counted among them. The great jurist of Islam, Allah Almighty, Shabi Rahimullah, has summarized it in one line. That a gathering where the commands of Allah are being blatantly broken, it is not permissible to be part of that gathering. People, just because of some personal difference, they refuse to attend an illumination. Whereas that is not the basis. It's because they have some personal difference with the person. Like an immediate family person. But because the person is not coming. Because of Allah Ta'ala's commands being broken, well, how can I not go? Because I will be now breaking family guys. Let us build the relationship with Allah Ta'ala first. Let us build the relationship with the Islam first. And then together with that, we don't have to fight with anybody. We don't have to fight with anybody. And we don't have to break ties with anyone. But we cannot attend a gathering where the commands of Allah Ta'ala are openly being violated. And deen is being restricted in one corner. Deen, Islam, the peace of way of life, you don't come and interfere with us. You stay somewhere else, you stay in the corner, we'll make a space for you, but somewhere else. And then on top of that, all this would be not the state of the whole world to see what kind of dancing took place, what kind of music was played, what kind of intervening took place, what kind of dressing was there. And times, women would write and ask, is it permissible for me to attend the space because of the type of dressing that is there? A woman cannot understand or cannot tolerate being in the gathering because of how women are dressed. And on top of that, there's intermingling in the gathering. So these are things for us to take note of, us to start taking, to introspect within ourselves that life is very, very limited. Allah Ta'ala knows best how much of time we have got left. For us to bring that rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, bring that blessings, we have to now become conscious of these means that bring the rahmat, adopt these means, avoid the issues that bring down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, in this we will protect ourselves, we will protect our families, we will protect our wealth, we will protect everything, and we will protect our dunya and our as well, which is the most important thing. Allah Ta'ala, give us a copy.